Welcome to the process of things. Does stuff work? Testing one, two, three. Ruth? Susudio. No, you have to say it alone. Susudio. Susudio. I think it's working. Just say the word. Oh, you know it now because you looked it up. I do know it. that it's a thing. Jason, don't edit this out. It's funny stuff. (laughs) Uh, We're here. We're live from King Street West. We're looking at the CN Tower. We're looking at the clouds. It's fabulous. And you know know what we're talking about today? I'm afraid. Let's get personal, personal, personal. (laughs) I've been waiting to do that for at least 20 minutes. What you guys can't see is her kind of... (laughs) jiving in her chair as she tries to be Olivia Newton-John from the 80s. My hand went in the air, my eyes closed, everything happened. But you didn't have the neon workout outfit on. No. So today, in our season two about difficult conversations, Mm -hmm. we are talking about, you know, things like what happens when it gets personal. And our good friend Peter, who in episode one we told he sucked, in episode two, we told him no pay raise for you. In episode three, we told him he smelt like salmon. And now Peter's getting a divorce. Oh, geez. You know, it, it's, it's funny but not funny. I think anyone who manages people has had to deal with someone getting emotional in their office, crying or being angry or whatever it is that's unrelated to work so unrelated to up work. until now we've been talking about things i mean with the exception of their salmon or their mm-hmm. egg white and peanut butter microwave concoction mm-hmm. um you know this is now not performance yeah. related not work related this is like i'm coming into the office but like so why do we care? i'm a wreck why do we care well that's a good question ruth we care because it's still going to impact their performance. And it's okay if it happens mm-hmm. once in a while. You know, it should be a relatively rare occasion. But if someone's coming into the office crying every day about a personal issue and actually can't perform, then over time that does turn into a performance issue that we may deal with differently than the kind of performance issue that's like you're just lazy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, so welcome. Oh, yeah. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> this is The Process of Things. I am Nicole North. And, and I am Ruth Henderson. And we are your hosts today. Um, the Process of Things is where we take current business trends and buzzwords and let you know whether they actually work or not. And this season, we're talking about um, the trend of having difficult conversations, which mm-hmm. isn't really a trend at all. But it's one that we're trying to make it a trend. Well, yeah. I think maybe we're trying to make it a trend or maybe through our research and the work that we've had with different clients, it has come to our attention that it's something that people avoid at all costs. And difficult conversations come in all shapes and sizes and colors. And, uh, and we're picking this imaginary Peter guy to take us through the, the whole series. Um, and so today, he's emotional at work. And like you say, it's important because it can affect, at the very least, it affects their work and your, the objectives of your team. Higher than that, even, there's, there's two more, I think, reasons. One is that um, harassment and bullying uh, are an incredibly topical um, subject right now. And topical, like not important, or hot topic? Hot topic. Uh, in, look at all the Weinstein stuff in the States and the Me Too campaign. 
um, and people starting to stand up for themselves, well, it also is incumbent upon managers to listen and be aware of signs and symptoms that things are not all well at home. And it behooves you. Well, it behooves you, but I believe it's a legal obligation if we look under the um, harassment, workplace harassment, what is it, Bill 168, um, something like that, that talks mm -hmm. about it. If you know something's going on, you need to be aware, you need to alert HR, all those sorts of... So that's reason number two. So first, it impacts their performance and the performance of your team. Secondly, I believe there's a legal obligation. And the third one is because people are human and it's the right thing to do, really, to know how to react, to not uh, you know, brush it off as some emotional person sitting there in front of you, and to understand that as a person, if you aren't uh, equipped to deal with the actual issue, how can you find out who is to help them through it? For sure. It's just the right thing to do, period. It behooves you. <laughs> You just like that word. I really like that word. Um, so as we always start off is like, why is this conversation hard? For some of us, mm -hmm. um, having personal conversations at work are how we bond with others, mm -hmm. how we make relationships. And I think, um, or I know that that is a one characteristic of people with a preference for extroversion. They're much more likely to talk about personal issues and be very open about those issues versus people with a preference for introversion who are much more likely to have a very strict separation between uh, work and personal. Mm -hmm. And they feel that work is not the place at all to and talk they, about personal issues. they keep issues. it all inside until one day they can't. Absolutely. So for some of us, you know, we would just have built as a manager that kind of relationship where someone could come in and burst into tears and say, this is what's happening to me. Mm -hmm. Right? I know when I was going through a breakup when we worked together in a corporate setting and I just barged into your office mm -hmm. as usual and said, this is what's going on. Mm -hmm. This is why I'm a wreck. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then I'm as working a manager, on it. What do you do with that? So, and there's a bunch of ways it could happen. A lot of times I think people assume it's the women that are going to be emotional at work and burst into tears, et cetera, et cetera. And there are lots of cases that we know about where it was actually the men. There's, Something going on at home, like Peter with his divorce. There's an illness. There's an issue with a child. Well, the signs and symptoms are going to be different, right? Yeah. For, like, for me, I might be in tears or distracted or um, look like I'm on 10 million coffee breaks because for me to deal with pain and issues, I need to talk to people. Mm -hmm. For someone else, and that could be male or female, um, they might deal with their um, pain in a different way. They might withdraw they might um, delve into work. Oh, that's me. Right? Mm -hmm. And it depends on, mm -hmm. for me, my kind of pain, right? If I've had like a death in the family, that's the kind of pain I'm not interested about talking about and I will delve into work. Mm -hmm. Other personal kind of relationship issues, that's where I'm, I need more support, I think. Mm -hmm. That's how it happens for me. Yeah, I, um, it, it is very different for different people. The reasons for it can be like there's a, a huge spectrum, right? There's everything from I didn't sleep well last night and I've been sick to a death in the family to a medical diagnosis. There's all yeah. kinds of reasons why people could be emotional at work. And um, when I was first in the workforce, the idea was that you needed to compartmentalize. You needed to mm. leave that at home. Separation of work and your personal life you know, leave it at the door, Ruth, get your work done, get your head in the game. 
And it may have also been a perception that if you did bring it to work, mm-hmm. that that wasn't a good thing, mm-hmm. right? And that that wasn't, you had to kind of completely ignore it and keep working. Yeah. Well, today we know that people need to be able to bring their whole selves to work and that the uh, successful manager or supervisor must know how to deal with that. They must be able to um, listen, understand, help in some way, whether it's personally or finding a resource, and um, also that they don't get too involved, or I should say inappropriately involved, when all of a sudden it takes over your whole day all the time and you're this person's therapist, therapist, which you're not. Yeah. So it's, it's absolutely necessary and it's really hard to find that balance of being helpful and listening because they're a person, because of, you need to and because of their work and not letting it turn into every single day they come and unload on you or they phone you or text you yeah. or whatever. So let's start with the what I'm going to call the happy path, even though we're talking about kind of sad things. But mm-hmm. the happy path is, y- you know, you've got the personality type where people come to you and talk to you this is going to happen to you and it probably has happened to you a million times. Um, and in most cases, someone's comes talk to you. They're saying, you know, I've got a personal issue. I'm dealing with it. Here's what I need. The manager or supervisor will say, okay, great. We're happy to accommodate. We're happy to help you out. Let us know if we can do anything, you know, and it all kind of works itself out. Everybody's happy. Tickety boo. Yeah. Everything's fine. Second possible option is, you're this great open person and you turn into the therapist. How do you switch the conversation from I'm open, yes, like let's deal with this to okay, six months later, you're still in my office every day, unable to complete your work. Yeah. Unable to meet your expectations. There's two things there. One is, um, first of all, knowing that fine line to tread. And if you're not sure what it is, asking HR. If you're in a larger organization with an HR department, they are your best friend in these situations because HR is always your best friend. They are always your best friend. Um, As much as they are maligned um, at different times by people, it's a good word, isn't it? Almost as good as maligned. Behooved. Yes. (laughs) Guys, keep a vocabulary notes and, you know, (laughs) take these words to work. Be smart. It's true. To, To help HR get involved, and when it's something that's that serious and there's um, real help needed, HR can help take over that piece. Larger organizations often have employee assistance programs as well. Smaller companies don't have that. Um, And that's when you need to know as a manager how to provide the right kind of help without getting in trouble. And the question that people often say is, how can I help you? Which is meant with the, the most kindness but that, I've just taken it on. How can I personally help you? Instead of what needs to happen to help you, which is entirely different. That's great. So I let's need, let's delve into, so now you've got someone yeah. who's there. You've maybe done the thing where you've said, you know, what needs to happen for you to, but like it's still happening yeah. too much. How are you shifting the conversation from, thank you so much for sharing this personal information with me so that I understand your work performance too. Mm -hmm. This is now six months later. Well, I think like, you know, when we've talked about the change curve and people are going Mm -hmm. through change and first stage is denial and the second stage is anger and the productivity has dipped at that point. And we always say that people need to listen 
when they're in the anger phase. And then people, when we're teaching it, they say to us, how long do we listen? And we say, when that productivity becomes a problem. And now you're looking at performance measurement, performance uh, management. Mm -hmm. So somebody who's, it's six months later, they're still coming into work crying, they're still not doing their work. I'm so, I don't think I could let it go six months. I might be a couple of weeks. <laughs> Depends on the scenario, and I guess. That's, that's when you have the ASBE conversation again. It needs to come back and say, Nicole, can I tell you something? Or Peter, can I tell you something? Um, I noticed at such and such a deadline, you missed this. By missing it, you've impacted the team. Um, tell me what's happening. He then will come back and say, oh, it's my divorce, it's this, it's that. And I think if you've, the first conversation, you've developed that plan, what needs to happen to support you, you have to keep referring back to that. I love it. And then again, if it's not working, you either, if you're a small organization, you need to develop a policy on what you're going to do, like, you know, does Peter need to take some time off, etc. Or if you're in a larger company with an HR, that's when they're saying, okay, what kind of support are we giving to people in this situation when their performance is impacted? That's awesome. So, so you need to give them some leeway and you need to judge when, okay, I, I really, as a human, I'm really feeling for you and I also need to get my work done. How do I balance that? Yeah. So we've talked about the, the happy path of, you know, you're someone who's totally open to having personal conversations. Someone comes to you, you know, you deal with it. A reasonable time has passed. Their performance improves. Mm -hmm. All goes tickety-boo. And then our second one was, okay, what if then that keeps going, keeps going forever and ever? How do we nip it in the bud and, you know, mm -hmm. kind of restart? And now let's talk. I'm sure there's a whole bunch of people out there, either those with the um, generational influence, as you mentioned earlier, that says it's not okay to talk personal yeah, at work. Leave it at home. Or people with a preference for introversion, where these types of personal conversations are less comfortable, less open. It's just not good. Mm -hmm. So how can we, as leaders who may be less comfortable with this kind of personal conversation, do the same thing that, yeah. you know, our option one person had, where it's just easy so to talk about? Is the person who's come in to talk to you not telling what's going on or they're coming in being emotional to you they're coming in being emotional to you and you as the manager are just not comfortable talking yeah. personal stuff this is just not i think by the way i think these are two different situations if they're coming in if they're not telling you something and something's going on the manager needs to be able to say i can see something's going on you do not need to talk about it with me we get that question a lot can we mm. force them to no you can't um you can then also say, I can't help you if I don't know what it is. So I'm just going to keep coming back to the performance then. I can't help you. That's great. If I don't know what's bothering you. Um, this other one, though, you're somebody like me, and I, re I do remember the first time somebody came in and burst into tears. Um, that ability to um, recognize and diffuse the emotion, I think, is not unlike Lester for angry people. Ding, 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 ding. Right? Winner, Canyon. It's the same thing. So Lester was, listen, okay, so somebody's come in and they're crying. And inside you're going, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. They're crying. Please Just stop uh, crying. Please stop crying. Go away. <laughs> you know, hopefully you I, have... I have a briefing yes. in five minutes. Yeah. Why hopefully are you Hopefully you have Kleenex in your office. Um, Managers, so tip number one, always have Kleenex. Always have Kleenex. Um, actually makes me think of a funny story. When my oldest nephew was really young, he was 
um, really awkward. He didn't want to answer the door. And we were trying to teach him how to deal with different people at the door. So I had to go around to the front <laughs> of the door and pretend to be different people like... Hello, I'm the vacuum salesman. Yes, I was collecting goodwill. Another <laughs> time I wanted to um, make him join a cult or something. <laughs> and he, one time he looked at me and went, please go away and shut the door. <laughs> so it's a manager who doesn't want emotion and thinks it should be compartmentalized or is just themselves uncomfortable with it, would like to say, please go away. When in fact, our tip to you, listener, Lester, listen to them echo so the echo in angry was to try and get to the root of it and you can still do that here you listen you know a couple minutes you don't have all day yeah. you say okay i can see you're upset what i hear you're upset about is da 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 it seems like ooh this is a highly personal thing i'm you know is that what we're talking about and then the sympathize empathize piece yeah. i'm so sorry this must be really awful for you yeah and that thank you for telling me because um, somebody who's super emotional and refuses to let you know what's going on, you just see declining performance or issues, and you have no idea why. And if we're not being kind and curious and aware, we may assume they're just, for some reason, they're declining in their job. So thank you for telling me. Um, and then that evaluate and resolve uh, is so important and what needs to happen oh, i love it i love right? it it's so good so that ability to you know listen take that minute let them emote also a good word let them emote and then call an end to it at some point by saying it sounds like you're telling me this has happened i'm so sorry uh, also avoid the temptation to say i know when that happened to me i love doing I that oh <laughs> It's the worst. It is tempting because often we try and tell that story to... It's sameness, right? It's trying to create yeah. rapport by saying, I've been through what you've been through. So don't worry, you know, but... In it's not the right time. Mm -mm. Later is the right time. Yeah. And I love it. And then, you know, resolve... And I, I do think that thanking piece is when you start... The crying starts to become that... <laughs> instead, they, they settle down and yeah. they start to try and catch their breath. And, and when you say, what needs to happen? What's next? What do I need to know? Uh, what do you want me to ask you and what do you not want me to ask you as it's going forward? Do you want me to check in with you uh, on a regular basis or do you just, you've let me know and we're just going to go business as usual and talk about work. Like you need to ask for that boundaries. I love it. And then, you know, the great thing about Lester is it uh, like it pulls an end to it, mm -hmm. right? What needs to happen? Okay. You know, that's when you can start standing up so you can leave for your briefing what I'd love to do is follow up within a, you know, in a week or two weeks and yeah. see how you're doing, yeah. see what else needs to happen and, yeah. and let's go from there. Yeah. And if you have that in your discretion to say, you know what, today's probably not a great day for you to be here. Just why don't you, you know, go for a walk take or the day. take the rest of the day. I love Take the day. Just, yeah. Take the day is a good expression. Take the day. Just take it and let's talk again tomorrow. Um, remember, of course, that uh, when people are angry or slash emotional, upset, they can't hear logic. They can't hear your stories of when it worked out. They can't hear, oh, I know a great lawyer or any <laughs> of those things, right? They just, you've listened, you've heard, evaluate and resolve maybe, take the day, let's talk about tomorrow what has to happen to support you um, as you go through whatever this is. Yeah. And that gives you time if you need to, to call HR or call your friend in HR and another company and Make sure it's it's just like we talked about in the in some of our other stories. ASB is a great setup for 
Somebody who doesn't come into your office, but you're noticing work is declining, right? I've noticed the work is declining. You be quiet. You let them talk. Suddenly, they become emotional. Lester diffuses the emotion and ends up with a resolution. Or on the other hand, somebody barges into your office and they get emotional. Lester, because you don't need to do ASBE. It's there in your face. I love it. So listeners, this has been um, our short and quick podcast for this week on how to deal with um, team members, colleagues who are dealing with a super emotional situation that's personal mm-hmm. um, and how to create um, a safe space for for your staff to talk to you, how to be open, um, deal with those emotions, especially yeah. if you as a leader are not comfortable with them. Um, and then how to turn that into a performance conversation as necessary right. once the right time has passed. Because you've set up the boundaries. And you know, I would say this also works outside of work. When a friend comes to you and you can then say what needs to happen instead of what can I do so that the person isn't constantly, unless it's your BFF, you know, I'm, I'm talking about people that you know who just you people like to talk to you and share things how can you set those boundaries and those types of questions and those tips work really well to help those boundaries a hundred percent next week poor peter oh now what with peter next week peter um didn't get um, a job that he interviewed for Mm. um so we'll be talking a little bit about giving interview feedback Ah. and we've literally just been yeah We've been doing that quite a bit lately. Yeah, we've just Mm -hmm. been talking about that. So, you know, and we, you know, as consultants, we're often um, asking for feedback on why we didn't get a proposal Mm -hmm. or why this didn't happen. Um, And we always find this feedback is kind of weird. It's wimpy. It's wimpy. And I think the same thing sometimes happens in interviews. It's just like, oh, you were really, really great, but the other person just had more. Yeah. So we'll talk about that next week, how to give great um, feedback following an interview. Um, and we'd like to give a special thanks that we have not given in the first three episodes. Shame. Na- naughty, naughty Nicole and Ruth. Yeah. Um, uh, a big thank you to Jason Hatcher, our fabulous podcast producer Guru. extraordinaire. Ooh, producer. I know. I'm going to call him like the producer that. from mm-hmm. now on um, for all his editing expertise and uh, getting our podcast up. So thank you, Jason Hatcher at collab.ca. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's you, it. Well, you can find us at whiteboardconsulting.ca or um, Twitter and Facebook at whiteboardcons, C-O-N-S. Have an awesome day, yeah. night, week. Day, night, week, whatever it is, wherever you're listening to us. And uh, hope that you will also check out our first season, which is awesome too. And check in again next week. Okay, bye. Bye.